Hi, friends. Welcome to the Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walk by faith and gain a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today. I'm so excited that I was able to interview Tara Lee Cobble for the Faithful Podcast. Tara Lee is the host of the Bible Recap Podcast, which has been such a blessing to me over the last two years that I've been listening to it. Her podcast is consistently ranked in the top 10 Christian podcasts as she journeys through the Bible in a year and helps bring understanding and insight along the way. I'm honored that she took the time to chat with me about seeing God's faithfulness in her life, and I'm pretty sure that we're meant to be best friends. Tara Lee's newest book, The Bible Recap, A One-Year Guide to Reading and Understanding the Entire Bible, comes out November 3rd, and I'm so excited to get my copy. I know that you're going to love her story. So without any further delay, here is my interview with Tara Lee Cobble. Tara Lee Cobble, thank you so much for joining me today on The Faithful Podcast. I'm so happy to be here with you. I mean, this is so exciting on my end. I I am a huge fan of all that you're doing, and I know that you would probably be the first to say, don't say that about me, but <laughs> I think your humility <laughs> comes out a lot in the things that you do, but I'm just so mm-hmm. appreciative for all that you are doing for the Christian community. Mm. Well, uh, it's, it truly is my joy and my delight. Oh, well, you having a good day today? I am. It's a beautiful day in Dallas. Yeah. Warm, but beautiful. <laughs> Texas is good for those warm, <laughs> warm summer days. That's right. So, How about you? Oh, it's been all right. You know, I've got, I'm going back to work next week. I'm a teacher. And so it hit me today that today is the last day of summer. And that was a really weird, mm. weird moment. But I'm ready to get started and to meet the kiddos this year, even if it's going to be through a computer screen. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Godspeed in all that. Thank you for all that you're doing. <laughs> oh. Praying for your safety and the safety of your kids. Oh, well, thank you so much. So, Tara Lee, for those that may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days. I am a Bible teacher, and I do that in several different spaces. I do that through a podcast called The Bible Recap. I do that through a weekly Bible study that meets in homes and over Zoom and in church basements and all those different places around the world called D Group, Mm Stanford Discipleship Group. And then I do that through some books and some speaking engagements as well. So that's my... I find just any avenue that I can get to talk to people about the Bible, I'll take it. That That's really awesome. Um, so how, how did you come to know Jesus in the first place? I grew up in a Christian home. And by that, I don't mean just that, you know, we are Americans. And so, of course, we believe in God. Like, it was a, we're in church three times a week. Mm-hmm. My, my dad's a deacon. We were doing family mm-hmm. devotions every morning around the breakfast table. And on a Saturday night, when I was around four years old, my brother Jason led me to Christ while we were Gosh. playing shoots and ladders. <laughs> and so it's um, one of my, probably my second earliest memory, maybe, mm-hmm. is 
coming to know Jesus. And when I tell that story in some spaces, people will say like, oh, but you didn't really know, like, before, come on. And I'm like, yeah. true. Of course, I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't understand everything. But I don't think anybody really does when you first come to know Jesus. <laughs> I still no. don't know everything. And still don't, some of it's still very complex and mysterious. So I do believe that is the moment that the Lord adopted me into his family. And um, I've just been in a relationship with him ever since. And I'm grateful that it started that early in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very different than people who have the the testimonies of being rescued out of things. Um, that I sort of view it as I was rescued out of the same thing. Yeah. Just on the, the front end of them as opposed mm-hmm. to the back end of them. Yeah, I and mean, God was extremely merciful in that. That's, I mean, to spare you from yes. a lot of uh, learning by experience. Mm-hmm. Very much. I've done my fair share of that, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, I've <laughs> <Still, still laughs> done my fair share of learning it, by experience. <laughs> it doesn't make you immune to uh, being a human. So, um, definitely. You know, Tara Lee, I know we, we didn't really um, talk a whole lot, or I didn't mention this to you ahead of time, but. You know, I I think the story of how you started reading the Bible really seriously is probably, you know, like one of my favorite stories. Just um, do you mind kind of telling us about how you were, you know, what you were doing at the time and how you were sort of inspired to to study the Bible a little deeper? Yeah, of course. So, as I mentioned, met Jesus at a young age. Mm -hmm. I've been in church all that time with private Christian school. I started leading Bible studies in high school and all that and was in full-time ministry even during during college I sort of transitioned into ministry as my job mm-hmm. and i had been doing that for a few years um, as a musician mm-hmm. and was just traveling the country the the world actually speaking at, from stages and whether it be between songs or if somebody would say like hey would you come talk to our youth group about this or our college ministry about this or whatever mm-hmm. and um, through that, met a lot of pastors and church staff, and I met a pastor in South Carolina that we became friends. And at one point, after a concert one night, I remember we were sitting in his office the next day, and he said, hey, have you ever read the whole Bible? And I was like, man, I'm sure I've pieced it together over the years. <laughs> I've led these Bible studies. I've been in church all this time. I, you know, I'm sure I've pieced it together where I've covered it all at some point or another. And he was like, uh... I would encourage you, and he said this in a, when I tell people the story, they're always like, I can't believe you would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it was, it was just dripping with grace and kindness. And, um, but he said, I would encourage you to say very little on stage until you've read your whole Bible. Mm. And he said, someone had laid out that challenge for him as well. Yeah. And, um, and so he then said about reading the whole Bible and he was like, it takes about 40 hours. And so I uh, had the Bible app on my phone and the Bible app, if you pull up a day's worth of reading in a one-year chronological plan, the day's worth of reading, if the guy on the Bible app is reading it to you, mm-hmm. takes about 12 minutes a day. And I was like, 12 minutes a day is like the commercial breaks in my favorite TV show, you know, like that's <laughs> nothing. So I was like, okay, I can, do, I can do 12 minutes a day. So I started the next day and um, that was, it was, uh, very challenging. Now, mm-hmm. when I say that, to me, the challenging part wasn't getting in the work. It was like, okay, I can do this 12 minutes a day. I'll, I will do that. Yeah. Um, the hard part was 
all the unlearning that I had to do, Mm. all of the things that I had heard about God secondhand from well-meaning pastors and and speakers and all that, all of the things that I had sort of reasoned out about him in my head, Mm. well, surely he wouldn't do this because God's not like that. Mm. Like all of that was getting dismantled. And so there was a real struggle of, do I even know God? And if I do know him and this is who he is, do I like him? Mm. That was my first year of reading scripture. Wow. It was rough. (laughs) All the while I'm in full-time ministry, by the way. Mm -hmm. So that was rough. Well, and it took a second reading. Uh It took a second reading before I fell in love with him. Um, And it wasn't through, it wasn't that the things I saw that first year were wrong. It was that those things that I saw that were things I didn't like suddenly became things that I understood and stood in awe of and worshiped and loved. Mm. And I only learned those things by reading his word. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, you say that people respond with it seeming like it was a harsh comment. I can't imagine the humility that it would take to do that, to say that. Like, I am scared to bring this up to this person, or maybe I'm a right. little fearful. Like, they, I mean, I would agonize over saying that, even if I really knew that that's what God wanted me to say. Like, how do I say yeah. this? And, but like, God, I'm going to do mm-hmm. what you tell me. And like, the ripple effects of that are are huge. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, we could all just go through our life just reading bits and pieces of the Bible and miss out mm-hmm. on so much of who God is and His goodness and His his kindness and his faithfulness that we think is maybe not in certain areas of the Bible. Right. And, you know, I think having that pastor, the fact that he had experienced that as well, gave him a lane for Mm -hmm. humility and gave him a lane for joy that he wouldn't have. So it wasn't like he was looking down on me like, (laughs) I can't believe you haven't done this. You was like, hey, yeah. listen, a couple of years ago, I hadn't done this. And someone challenged me to do it. And so I now am the, I'm the secondhand recipient of someone else's challenge to him. Mm-hmm. This, you know, man I've never met uh, has changed my life because he challenged Lee to read the Bible and Lee challenged me to read the Bible. So Lee was a pastor already and had not read the whole Bible through. Is that, mm-hmm. is that yeah. right? Yes. I mean, uh-huh. I, I don't say that to like, oh my gosh, but like, just that's probably not abnormal. Like, you, right. if it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many other parts to being a pastor, but that's, that's a crazy thought that, you know, some of our mm-hmm. our leaders don't necessarily think that that's an important thing to do. Um, yeah. Uh, well, that kind of transitions to my next question, but, you know, most people that that know who you are um, probably do know who you are, either from D groups or from the Bible recap. So, can you tell mm-hmm. us about um, the podcast and how it came about? Sure. So, uh, the podcast. To tell you the story of the podcast, I have to start with the story of D group. And D group was a Bible study that I started out of having read the Bible for the first time and being in awe of the fact that I was learning all this new stuff, even though I've been in church my whole life. I'm like, what? What? I can't believe I'm learning all these things. I have to 
talk to people about these things. <laughs> I right. need, I need, I need a group. And I was a part of a community group at my church, but that was mostly just let's talk about the sermon Sunday or let's read this book together and let's build community. Let's hear about our lives and share our lives. But mm. there was no lane for let's talk about the deep things of scripture. Let's challenge each other. Let's memorize scripture. Let's um, be in awe of scripture. There was no lane for that mm. at, at the church that I was at at the time. And so I talked to the pastors, asked them about starting something like that. And they were like, sounds great. So I started it at my home church, not through my church, just at my church, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And so it quickly grew and it was nine of us, at, nine, nine strangers and me at first, because I'm also new at the church, so I didn't know anybody really. And then um, it was 15 people, then 25, then 40. And then I was leading it on two nights and then three nights. And it just kept growing. Turns out there were a lot of people who wanted to study the deep things about scripture. Mm. So now we're, you know, at the time I started the podcast, the Bible recap podcast, we were nine years into D group. Mm. And in that nine years, people who had been studying scripture with me all along, people who knew that I was reading through the whole Bible every year, still hadn't read through the whole Bible. Wow. And so I was like, how can I get them to do this? What can I do? I've got to get, they're, they're studying the word, they're memorizing the word, but they haven't read all of it. And how do I show them the beauty of that and help them overcome any obstacles on their path to that? And so I thought about what helped me. So what helped me was not only the fact that Lee challenged me to read scripture, but that Lee offered to be there to answer my questions along the way. So he said, you're going to hit some stuff you don't understand, write it down, we'll talk about it. And so I would, I uh, would tour in that, in the area where his church was, I would tour there, you know, a few times a year. And I would bring my journal with all of my questions that I had written. And I'd be like, do you have three hours to answer my questions? (laughs) (laughs) We would go through all of my questions. I'd be like, oh, thank you. Or I would, I would call him and be like, I need you to explain this right now because <laughs> I'm not sure I want to continue if I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I took all of, all of the journals that I had written in for the past nine years, as I had made all my trips through scripture, and all of the questions that I had and all of those things, and I just sort of tried to assume what questions and problems first-time Bible readers would have as they made their way through scripture mm-hmm. and tried to answer those while also explaining the meta narrative, yeah. which is one thing, you know, when people, when people hear about the Bible recap in the middle of the year, they're like, I'll just jump in where you are now. And I'm like, no, no, that's the whole reason we're doing this chronological. Yeah. Like start at the beginning. The storyline is so important, mm-hmm. which is another reason why, honestly, if I had pieced it together over time, like I thought I had, but I hadn't understood the storyline, the whole meta narrative, that still wouldn't be as valuable. Right. Because God reveals himself over time and the way that he reveals himself, it's just when you see it all come together in the story of scripture, it changes your lens Mm. as opposed to if you start with the New Testament and then go backward or just piece the Old Testament together, things like that. And it's one of the reasons why the way scripture is laid out is so challenging and somewhat frustrating to me Mm -hmm. because it's laid out like a library. It's not laid out like a story. Right. Like in the library, it's like, here's the art section. Here's the, here's the, you know, biographies. Here's the fiction. Mm-hmm. That's how the Old Testament is laid out. There's no fiction in the Old Testament, but you, you get the analogy. So, <laughs> I gotcha. um, right. 
So I, when we read chronologically, we're jumping all over the place to go in order. And it's not easy to do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm really grateful that, I mean, every day my life has changed by the fact that I have read scripture in order and beheld the living God. It impacts every single aspect of my life. Nothing is untouched by it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's been a huge part of my life for the last almost two years, or I guess a year and a half. Mm. Um, yeah, even going through it part, you know, round two, um, you've, you've, you've kind of tweaked some things here and there, but uh-huh. you know, a, a lot of it is, you know, things that I'm like, oh, I, I remember hearing this last year. And now it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't as foreign to me, or this isn't um, this isn't new territory. But God is revealing something new. I mean, it's like, you know, how many times do people read through, you know, the, the Gospels or the Book of Acts or something that is a common read? We've read, we read through it, you know, over and over, and we're like, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff that I missed last go round. And yeah, we think that that's like certain books of the Bible, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah, I did my time through the Bible. I'm good, but there's still, yeah, so much that's being revealed. Mm-hmm. And like the last, you know, couple of weeks we've been in the um, chronological study going, jumping through different books. And I never, ever, ever would have picked up my Bible and read it that way <laughs> on my own. Right. And, and I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I'd had the Bible app for years, but I'd never used the chronological one. And it it does make a big difference, and um, mm-hmm. it's been such a huge blessing to me to look forward every morning to, you know, and and especially like with having everything, you know, an auto an audio version like on the Bible or on um, you know the Bible recap being a podcast. There's very little room for excuses, <laughs> which right. is good for yeah. me because. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I am really good at making excuses for myself. Now, the best times that I have, I sit down, I, you know, with a cup of coffee in the morning, you know, I actually make the time for that. And I, and that happens. That's not always the case, but I do appreciate that there is the audio Bible and there's that. So like, even on my most rush mornings, I can, I can find the time for um, listening to God's word and letting it speak to me. And it's really funny. My, mm-hmm. my daughter, when I told her I was interviewing you, she was like, oh my goodness, she's 11. And <laughs> she's I was like, I was explaining who you were. And then she was like, what? And then I, she, she did the impersonation of you and hi, Bible reader, you know? <laughs> and she was Thank like, you. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know she is. It's like, I mean, she listens with me a lot of times too, um, which is, been really good because she'll pick up on a lot of things um, when she's listening to it rather than just reading it. And um, and I love that you put in there some things like if you're listening to the audio Bible, you're going to miss out on the fact that, you know, this is written in poetry format or whatever it might right. be. So I think that that's mm-hmm. good that those things are pointed out because otherwise we wouldn't know. But it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. such an awesome um, ministry that was birthed out of just falling in love with God's word in a new way. And I love that. Yeah. And in the same way that Lee wanted me to see those things in scripture, and like I want people to see those things in scripture, and that's why I do the Bible recap. Mm-hmm. So many people who are listeners are telling, like you mentioned earlier, uh, you are telling all your friends about it yeah. because you want them to find what you have found. Yes. You see a joy in it that you didn't know was possible. And you're like, 
I have to, people have to see this. They have to know him. They have to understand this thing about him that I never got. And so that is just my favorite thing about it is, I mean, we have pastors who are doing a Bible recap. We did it last year who are taking their whole church through it this year. Mm -hmm. And pastors who are doing it this year who are going to take their whole church through it next year because they're like coming alive with it. And it just makes me so excited when people discover who God is. Yeah. It's kind of like a mini Even, mini book club every day. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, so good. What do you feel like has been an unexpected blessing to come out of the experience of teaching through the Bible in a year? Mm, I have loved, I've, I've just, first of all, the whole thing is an unexpected blessing. Right. I really, truly thought like 300 people would listen. <laughs> I thought, I thought D group was, going to be my primary audience I, i'm pretty sure and, i looked not that long ago and bible recap was definitely in the top 10 of every religious listing that i've seen so it's crazy yeah, that you are up blown there with, away yeah <laughs> that's a crazy thought. blown away yeah yeah and i generally i try to make it my business not to check numbers and things like that but i do get reports from our team on it from time to time or yeah. if i know we're approaching a certain milestone i'll keep an eye out mm-hmm. um just so I can thank our listeners. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, just absolutely blown away by it. And so that has been super encouraging to see that God is using it because I'll be honest, it was so much work. (laughs) It was right. So it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm. And, um, I'm writing five books this year and that is easier than doing the Bible recap. Did you say five books? I'm writing five books this year, yeah, and um, and it's significantly easier than writing the Bible recap. Oh my gosh. Um, it was writing the Bible recap was about a hundred hours of work per week for about fourteen months straight. Oh my! And goodness. that's um, just so is that you a hundred hours of work? That yeah, that's just that's so, and you that's have a team hundred hours working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, the goodness. team would edit the podcast, upload the podcast manage the social media, things like that. But all of the research and writing and recording took me about on average, like uh, 14 to 16 hours a day. So it was basically from the moment I woke up until the moment I went to bed. So, well, that sounds very scriptural. (laughs) (laughs) Really from waking to sleeping. So, uh, so I'm just so grateful that the, how the Lord is using it because, and even if, you know, we would, I would say if it changed one person's life, it would have been worth it. Um, but now there's all of this extra, all these other people that it's blessing. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so much more than I ever imagined. And so I'm very grateful for that. Awesome. And then, of course, just all the things I learned through it and that I continue to learn. I'm still learning, even though it's crazy because I would spend so much time studying and researching and reading commentaries and looking at the original Hebrew, the original Greek or whatever for a passage when I was writing the episode. Mm-hmm. And then a month later when it would air, I would be doing, so I was reading it, the passage again that morning as my like, time with the Lord to read mm-hmm. the passage again and something new would jump out at me after oh, I'd wow. already spent five hours <laughs> studying that text. <laughs> I was like, now I need to go back and edit that episode. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I can put this new stuff in there. So I'm just still learning so much and I love it. It's the best. That's awesome. I'm a part of a small group that meets on Sunday mornings and um, 
a couple of the people in the group are seminary professors. <laughs> I mm-hmm. am very far from that. Uh, I just love to like <laughs> go and listen to them. But we'll. It was. We are doing the Book of Galatians, and I believe we started it maybe May or June of last year. And mm-hmm. um, it's just been like there were several weeks on just the introduction to it, and then it's like one or two oh. verses, and it's just so deep and so rich, and it has uh-huh. been incredible. And so, I mean, it. I know how much work they put into the one day a week that we meet together, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. Yeah, like I and I think I heard a story about when you finally finished recording your last episode and how that was really difficult for you after that. It um, really was. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about yeah, can you I, tell about that? I I thought that because of how massive the undertaking was that I would feel relieved when it was over. Yeah. Um but it was I grieved it mm-hmm. because it was like it felt a little bit like a breakup because like I said, I've been spending all, all from waking to sleeping in the word. Mm. And I rarely left my apartment. So this year, the, the stay at home orders, the, like all of this stuff has been no different for me than <laughs> last year writing the Bible recap. Yeah. I'm literally like, Oh, okay. So another year of that. I'm, very, I, I'm a pro with this now. I can do this. Mm. Um, and uh, so I really did grieve it because I, I realized I'm not my job. It's not my job to be in the word for 16 hours a day anymore. Mm. Um, however, uh, it sort of still was because of the the books that I'm writing. And okay. so that, that was like a fun surprise of like, Oh, okay. I do still get to study the Bible all day long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's been, <laughs> that's been a fun surprise. It's the Lord's like, no, no, you still get to do this. It's still your, you're still a Bible teacher. You still get to do this all day long. So, so now it is more like 12 hours a day instead of 16. Um, but (laughs) it is, yeah, exactly. Um, so I feel, I mean, it's a, it's a, a different thing than, than all of the commentaries that I was in, knee deep in those commentaries. Um, but it's, it's been different, but it's been still good. So I'm very grateful. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things I love about the, the Bible recap, and there are so many things, is um, I never even really heard this phrasing before, but there you make a distinction about how Scripture sometimes is descriptive and sometimes is prescriptive. Can you explain mm-hmm. that um, and maybe give us an example um, of God maybe describing something rather than prescribing it? Sure. The first thing that comes to mind is <laughs> um, when we read that King David, King Solomon had multiple wives mm-hmm. and we hear, well, he was a man after God's own heart and he had multiple wives. So clearly like, like that people either think that scripture is, there's some flaw in it that mm-hmm. that would be deemed that God would say that's okay. Or that scripture is inconsistent. Um, because there are places where God seems to say, be united with one flesh. Mm-hmm. And so it just seems very, people don't know what to do with that. And so when you look at the, the, the through line of scripture, you begin to see, actually God, God does say one man, one woman. Mm-hmm. And when, so that's prescriptive. That's prescribing what we're supposed to do. Saying, 
here is what I'm telling you to do. And when it says that King David had multiple wives, it's just describing the situation. It never says God commanded him to take multiple wives. And what we see in the multiple wives situation for David and Solomon and all that is every time that happens in scripture, because that happens a lot, uh-huh. it doesn't go well. It's not a, it's, <laughs> it's not a more wives, more problems. Go and do likewise, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, so it is, that would be a, an example of what the difference between descriptive, what David did with the uh, marrying multiple women, mm-hmm. and prescriptive, where God gets a command for something. And we see, even with God's commands to people, sometimes they are so specific for different situations. Right. Sometimes when he's talking to the Israelites and they're facing an enemy, he says, stand still. I'm not going to do anything. I mean, I'm going to handle this. You don't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then there are other times where he tells them, here's what you're going to do. Here's the battle plan. Right. And, and then sometimes where he's just like, okay, now go march around this city seven times and then uh-huh. like blow your trumpets. And that's, so it's all very, sometimes even God's instructions for a scenario aren't things we should take and apply to every single time. Right. Because when you look at them in context, you see that they are specific instructions to a specific people at a specific time. Mm. Well, that's, that's really good. Um, I think that that's, that should be a comfort to a lot of people because um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of stuff, a lot of times things aren't, like you said, taken out of context and, you know, we're just mm-hmm. going to claim this thing for ourselves. And it's like, <laughs> well, that's, you know, are you also going to claim what happened, you know, in a, three chapters earlier when there was the same situation and God chose to handle it differently? Like, you know, right. you, you've got to be careful with what you pick and choose out of the Bible. And that's mm-hmm. why, coming back full circle, we study <laughs> the whole Bible, not just the mm-hmm. verses here and there. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, in reading your blog, it's um, it's pretty clear that you've been through some really difficult stuff. You've had a lot of heartache, a lot of struggle. How have these experiences impacted your view of suffering over the years? It's mm, a great question. In this parable of the sower and the seed, which is uh, in in the Gospels, uh, Jesus is telling this parable and he talks about the seed of the Gospel. It mm-hmm. gets sown on all these different types of soil. Three of the four, four, four soils are bad. One of the four soils is good. It's the soft soil. Um, but the seed that, that uh, there's the seed that gets choked out by struggle mm-hmm. because it really wanted only a God that would bless it um, with good things that it thought were awesome. Mm-hmm. And then there's the seed that gets choked out by blessing mm. because it it stops relying on God. And so there is this really interesting tension of needing both trials and blessings in order to fully understand the depth and the richness of God's character. Mm-hmm. And by and large, a lot of my life has not been challenging. Mm. It is God's great kindness to allow me to endure some suffering so that I don't start thinking I don't need him. Mm-hmm. And so that I don't only want him for his blessings. And I found that I learn more about God and draw near to God in place of trials. So 
a lot of times when I do speaking engagements, I ask people, think about the time when you felt the closest to the Lord. Was it during times of abundance and ease or was it during times of lack and trial? When did you feel God's nearness the most? And almost every hand in the room shoots up during trial Mm -hmm. and struggle and not abundance and ease. And so God's faithfulness to me in bringing me through struggles mm-hmm. is it's his great kindness to show me how much I need him and how good he is and that I'm not self-sufficient and that I am, that this life is not just a, a situation of like, name it, claim it, your best life now, yeah. state your blessing, you know, plant your flag in this. And um, I'm believing God for X, like, yeah. no, I'm believing God, period. Yeah. If you're believing God for something, then you've already decided what the right answer is. And if God does something different, then he's bad and wrong. Mm. So, like, it's not, I'm believing God for this. Yeah. It's, I'm asking God for this, and I'm believing him to do whatever's best. And I worship him regardless. And I praise him in advance, even if his answer is no. Oh. So good. You don't learn that if you only get blessed. You only learn that through struggle. And And you don't learn that if you grow up in a church culture that promotes the opposite, you know, that you're right. Yeah. You're blessed when things go well. And, um, right. And that's, I think, I mean, in the, in the, in the American church in large part, that's something that, um, we see a lot. That's what blessing looks like, mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm. God, it, you know, this is the whole point of, you know, my podcast. A lot of times we tell people share the stories of what God has done the difficult things that they've walked through and how God has been faithful, you know, when they remained faithful to God. And um, I just am every time I'm blown away by people's stories of that. And it encourages my soul because I think even, you know, I record an episode pretty regularly and I still mm-hmm. in between sometimes will doubt God's goodness. And then it's like, I hear another story and I'm like, Oh, why do I forget? <laughs> <laughs> why do I, I why do I forget that you are good in the midst of these difficult times? And um Yeah. And it's just a good reminder for all of us. And I think that's why it's important to to share our struggles and share what we're going through, but don't let it be like a a petty party, you know, this is terrible. But you know, how can I yeah. see God's faithfulness even in this, you know, situation that the world says is terrible? Mm-hmm. David wrote a song of pra- David wrote a song praising mm-hmm. God for right. like Psalm one nineteen seventy five. He mm-hmm. says, "In faithfulness you afflicted me." Part of God's faithfulness to him, yeah. Part of God keeping His word to him. So I think that's the thing. I think is another problem that's sort of inherent in American Christianity specifically is that we think when we hear that God is faithful, we think God is going to do what we want or right. God is going to bring blessings. Yeah. To be faithful means to do what you say you're going to do mm-hmm. to be consistent in your character. And, and so God has never promised me an easy life. Mm-hmm. So if I say I'm going through these trials, God, why aren't you being faithful? And it's like, no, no, <laughs> this is part of his faithfulness right. to me. is to conform me to the image of his son. That's yeah. what he promised to do. Mm. Yeah. And so his faithfulness is in conforming me to the image of his son and his son absolutely suffered. Yeah. And, the church around the world is is suffering and going through mm-hmm. in, immense struggles, but also growing 
and yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and being encouraged in the midst of um, a government that doesn't support them or that you know prohibits the worship and you know we yeah that that psalm that yeah, you mentioned historically the church yeah go ahead what? I was going to say that the psalm <laughs> that you mentioned I haven't I haven't heard that. Uh, that that radio that song on the radio lately so <laughs> you know, exactly it's, it's yeah. not exactly uh you know christian radio hit. friendly that's not that's not what we hear but yeah anyway. um yeah and historically the church thrives in oppression yeah the gospel it, it grows when it's squeezed you know mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a pearl yeah under that pressure that's where it develops yeah and so when people bemoan um, anything that seems to thwart their idea of religious freedom, um, my thought is, A, it's not usually in America, what we think of as religious oppression really is that almost mm-hmm. always it's just, it's something different um, than what other countries that are truly experiencing the, the oppression and the persecution, like, no one has threatened to behead me if I don't renounce Jesus. Mm. No one has threatened to throw me in prison if I don't renounce Jesus. Yeah. But that is happening to our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. Mm. And in the places where that is happening, it's not, it's not, it, it's not um, putting out the fire of the gospel. It's spreading it. Right. It's, it's crazy um, how, how much oppression actually causes the gospel to thrive. Yeah. And, so, yeah, that's, I know. Uh, what is the, the, the quote, uh, the, the blood of the martyrs. Oh, I was just about to say that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, oh. yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm we, not to the we point. To ex- I'm not to ahead. the point where I'm ready to, to pray for the oppression. I feel like I, I need to sometimes, but yeah, it's, it does, it spreads so much mm-hmm. when, um, when our culture lives one way and we live something completely different and mm-hmm. we look a whole lot like our culture right now. So it's hard to stand out and, um, and it's real easy to, you know, to, to go to church on Sundays and to do whatever you want the rest of the week. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, I could talk about that stuff for a while, but we'll keep moving on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> In um, in First Corinthians seven, Paul talks about how it's better to be single in order to be fully devoted to the Lord. But um, a lot of times, this verse is it's just kind of given a passing nod, and pastors kind of move on to how it's better to marry than to burn with passion. So, what kind of encouragement and advice would you give to Christian singles? Whew. Um. I'd only ever known singleness. I'd never been married. Mm-hmm. And I really wrestled with God for a long time with that because I wanted marriage. Right. I knew I knew the, in the word that God had never promised me marriage. Mm-hmm. It's never promised to me. It's never promised that I get what I want, even if it's a good thing. You know, um, lots of people who love the Lord get no's to the things that they request. Mm-hmm. I mean, even people in his inner circle got a no to the things that, that they asked him for. Yeah. And so I think it was, I was never under that illusion 
mm-hmm. but um, I always wanted it and was never happening. And so what I started to notice was it seemed like singleness was what God was doing in my life. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And so anytime I began to wrestle with God, it didn't feel like I was wrestling with him. It felt like I was wrestling against him. Mm. And so I, a few years ago, just started actively pursuing singleness in the same way that I had actively pursued marriage mm. and started as I, as I would have sought out opportunities to have dates or to meet people or to be in a relationship or whatever, I was now seeking out the opposite. I was going to just try that and, and and see if I could come into alignment with what it seemed like God was doing in my life. What does that mean to seek the opposite? To say no when asked out, to oh, okay. not be on apps, to tell friends Don't no set me up with when... Your friend. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. To, instead of going to the spaces that where I might meet people, mm-hmm. oh, like, like this, oh, let's, let's go there for dinner because that's more, it's like there are more guys go to that type of place. Oh, okay. um, let's go to the wings joint, you know, like that, <laughs> like just seeking out, instead of seeking out that kind yeah. of thing where you might meet people, uh-huh. um, instead of going to the singles event at church, going to something different Mm -hmm. because uh, that was uh, most of the time, the message of the singles events was like, here's how to be a good spouse someday Mm. and not here's how to know God here and here and now. Yeah. And so it was, it all felt a little bit like a means to an end. Mm -hmm. And so I started actively pursuing singleness and I just dubbed myself intentionally single. Mm. I'm single. I'm not trying to be anything different. And that is where I found a, an unexpected freedom and joy. Just really, I thought I was consigning myself to a life of like sadness and, you know, crying in my room. And that wasn't it at all. Now, I'm still in my room a lot because that's working. But um, <laughs> been, there's been just a freedom in it. Yeah. And it's not that my desire for marriage went away, mm-hmm. but... I have seen all of this happened, by the way, about a month and a half, two months, something like that, before I got the idea for the Bible recap. So it's interesting, the Lord's timing in how as soon as I gave my time, my, my single pursuing of man and relationship time to something, as soon as that was freed up, Mm -hmm. that's when the, the most, impactful ministry that I've ever been a part of launched. And I just feel, I just feel a joy in it. And again, it's, um, when Paul talks about singleness being a gift, he also, he also talks about marriage being a gift Mm -hmm. and God is the giver of those gifts. And so I, as the recipient of those gifts, don't get to decide what I receive. Mm -hmm. I love how John, John Piper said, if, Singleness is the gift God has given you. It is the best gift for you. If marriage is the gift God has given you, it is the best gift for you. Mm. It is specific to each person. Yeah. What is the best gift? And God only gives what is ultimately for, for your, your best, your best freedom, your best joy. Yeah. His ultimate goal is to conform us to the image of his son. And for some people that has done through singleness and for some people that has done through marriage. Mm-hmm. And one is not better than the other. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I can't imagine you trying to go on even a date in the year that you did (laughs) the Bible recap, let alone pursue a relationship like a hundred hours a week. Like that's, Uh that was your relationship, you know, like that, Mm -hmm. that got more of your time than anybody else did. You know, Jesus got more of your time and that's an incredible, um, an incredible way to spend your year. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's, that's awesome. I, I know a lot of people who, um, you know, it's, there's, there's always this like thought and it, you know, that, oh, they seem like a great person. I don't know why they're not married. And it's like, what, what kind of, (laughs) I mean, I get it. Like I, I mean, my sister is single and I think she's fantastic. Like she's my favorite person. And I Mm -hmm. can't imagine that somebody wouldn't want to spend their life with her, but she is doing incredible work on the other side of the world. And she didn't want to wait around to see if a guy wanted to do that too. (laughs) You know, she felt like God was calling and she's like, well, I could stay here or I can go and be obedient and we'll see what happens. And God has blessed that tremendously. And I, I think, you know, in some ways, you know, if God has called you, well, definitely if God has called you to singleness, then marriage would be like, holding you back. It would be restraining yeah. God's call mm-hmm. on what he has for you. So I, right. I just, I have so much respect for, um, for women who are, you know, pursuing God in whatever way, you know, like he calls you to marriage will be the best wife that you can be, be the best um, servant of Jesus in that situation. God's called you to singleness. All right. Glorify the heck out of him in this time. And bring honor to Jesus in this. So I think that's mm-hmm. just super encouraging for people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I love the, one of my friends at one point had said to me when I, I had just broken up with a guy and some other friends had just kind of encouraged me to like, just make it happen. Come on, just finally yeah, settle down, be with this guy. <laughs> And I just, I was just like, oh, because, you know, he was a great guy. Yeah. Um, loved the Lord, loved me. And I was just like, I just, I don't, I don't think this is it. Mm-hmm. And um, another friend, it was around the time, I believe it was around the time that Nancy DeMoss got married. Mm-hmm. And she, I think, was single for, I don't remember how old she was, like in her 60s or 70s when she got married. Okay. And, um, all of this, all of her life was dedicated to ministry and, you know, dancing the kingdom. Uh-huh. And so it was, it's not even necessarily, people ask me um, if I am, you know, single for the rest of my life. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not yeah. God. Yeah. Um, all I know is I feel like this is what he has called me. This is my assignment right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not asking for it to change anymore. I spent a whole lot of time asking for it to change. I'm not asking for it to change. I'm just yeah. being like, I'm all right. I'm on board with your assignment. I'm, I surrender. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times it's not necessarily that like this person's so great. Why wouldn't someone want to spend their life with them? It's maybe like, why don't they want to spend their life with someone? It's because yeah. they found something else that is more, um, a better use of their time. Yeah. No, that's. And I think that was great. the story for, for Nancy DeMoss. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, who knows what the Lord has for my future? I certainly don't, yeah. but whatever it is, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. Yeah, I think that um, 
what God's calling you to right now in all situations. Like, what did God, what do you want for me today is the way that we need to live. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times our culture, we, we're planners. We want to know what's ahead. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that's hard for us to live that way. But if you look at the disciples, like, it was like, well, where are we going today? Where are we going to go tomorrow? What's the plan? You know, what's what's going to go on? And just not thinking too far ahead. But, you know, God, what do you want? You know, Jesus, what do you want for me today? And right now, if he hasn't, if you're not married, then, you know, he's called you to live well as a single person and not mm-hmm. to stress about the future. That's over and over through scripture, you know, and I mean, even as a, a married person, I mean, I, 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 you know, people that have lost a spouse for one reason or another, um, whether, you know, like, you know, cancer or a car accident or, you know, they cheated on them or whatever it might be. And there's parts of us, even if we're married, that can stress and think, what if something happens to this relationship? And mm-hmm. it might, we, we never know, but, you know, right now, this is where I am. And this is what you've, what have you, what do you want from me in this relationship today, Jesus? And I want to obey and do that right. to the best of my ability. So what, what helps you to remain faithful in the hard times? Um, his faithfulness to me. Yeah. In, in the same way that he, we love because he first loved us. Like his love is the initiator of our responsive love. Mm-hmm. Um, his faithfulness to me is the initiator of my responsive faithfulness. Any faithfulness that I have to him, any way that I um, stay consistent with him, yeah, uh, is all empowered by his spirit within me, mm. which is evidence of his faithfulness to me. It's his spirit in me is the the sign and seal of my adoption into his family. It's, he says, "I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to come live inside of you, yeah. <laughs> not just adjacent to you, mm-hmm. but inside of you." Yeah, And that empowers every consistency that is a part of anything that I do in my relationship with him. Mm. I certainly could not do it on my own. Well, praise God for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have um, a book, The Bible Recap, a one-year guide to reading and understanding the entire Bible uh, coming out that I'm excited about. Can I didn't realize about all the other books. That was the one I was aware of. So (laughs) (laughs) I had no clue there were five books on the horizon, but um, can you tell us about at least that one? Yes. Yes. Um, The Bible recap book. I'm so excited about this book. Um, This is, you know, there are a lot of people who are auditory learners and they love the podcast. And then there are the people who like to just look at a page, hold a book in their hands. Yeah. And so we have all these people who, from the very beginning, we've offered transcripts to the Bible Recap, and there are people who print those out every day. Mm. And, um, but I'll tell you, if we were to take all those transcripts and make those into a book, it would be, it would be uh, about 1,800 pages. Um, <laughs> it would be very, very heavy. You yeah. would not be able to carry it anywhere with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would be a big, big, big book. Yeah, And um, so what we did was we took, we distilled the podcast, refined it, tweaked it into just this sort of the every, so this Bible recap book is like a daily reading of the podcast, Mm -hmm. but in a distilled version where it's just really refined for a reader instead of a, an audio version. 
So some people would use it in conjunction with the podcast, but other people could use it in lieu of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Maybe people who aren't technologically savvy, or like I said, people who are more visual learners than auditory learners. Mm -hmm. And so it is this 365 day through the word thing laid out in the exact same order as the podcast and a lot of the same content as the podcast, but we all speak differently than we write. And so when you're reading it, I think it can be helpful to not have like you can't, it's hard to know when you're reading sarcasm to know if you're reading sarcasm. So some of my jokes wouldn't exactly <laughs> land great yeah. on paper. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we just tweaked it a bit. So that comes out November 3rd and we're, I'm super excited about it. We're offering like all kinds of fun bonuses to people who pre-order because this, the publishing industry is interesting in that pre-orders are sometimes more important than orders after the book has come out. Oh, yeah. So Definitely. we're trying to give a bunch of perks to people who pre-order. And yeah. it's out just in time for people who want to give it as a Christmas gift or mm-hmm. uh, start fresh January 1st. Yeah. But um, we hope it will be something people make their way through every year. And they would find it on your website? The Bible Recap.com um, is a place where we will eventually sell it, okay. I think, but we are not yet selling it there. Okay. <laughs> so um, the best place to pre-order it would be on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or okay. call and, you know, um, have your local Christian bookstore stock it for you. Okay. But uh, to get the perks for that, you know, I'm not really sure what the website to get to make sure you get the perks would be. Um, but if you go to the Bible recap.com, I'm sure we'll have a page that will tell you what to do. We just okay. don't have that yet. Okay. You and I are having this conversation in August. Yes. And I think we're a little ahead of the game. In October. Yeah. yeah. So by then, by then maybe we'll have solved all those questions you just asked. Sure. <laughs> no, I, I always want to like direct people to the actual website. Cause generally when you buy something off Amazon, like the, the author may see a tiny fraction of a percentage of right. what they would otherwise. And, you know, mm-hmm. I know it's not about the money, but making books cost money. And um, so, you know, we want and we know that it's it's your job now. This is your your full time work is well, you have so many things. It's not one thing is the full time. But you know what I mean? Like this is your your job that you've put your time and your effort into. And we, I want people to be um, receiving the the payment for that as much as possible. But yeah, pre-orders are cool. huge. And for those that are um, listening that maybe don't understand, I had interviewed um, Kelly Needham several months ago, maybe even a year ago now, but about her book, Friendish. And we talked about how important it is because, you know, they know how many books to print and they know how popular it's it's going to be. And it basically, you know, shows the need up front and it's super important um, to try and pre-order. So I encourage anybody that's listening to do that because um, we want to do, you know, if you appreciate the work that somebody is doing, you know, support them and uh, and show your support in um, in that way and give it as a gift. Give it, if you're anything like me, you're always trying to tell people how great the Bible recap is. This is a way to kind of Thank share you. that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's it's been a huge blessing to me. And so I'm excited. I'm gonna get I'm I'm definitely an auditory learner, but I will get the book. And I've I've become kind of lazy with reading sometimes, um, because of things like audiobooks and um different stuff like that. But I there is something that I don't even realize that I'm missing until I actually sit down in the quiet with a book that mm-hmm. you know, God speaks 
in a different way. And so I just have to like force myself to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Can you tell us maybe just a little quick snippet about any of the other books? She, uh, two of them I can tell you about at this point. Two of them I can't. Okay. Um, but the other two that I can tell you about are we have, so I, I know you were, this is your second year with us in the Bible Recap. Mm-hmm. And we added, for the second year, we added a secondary daily podcast called the Bible Kneecap, uh-huh. which is our daily prayer podcast. So yeah. knees like kneeling in prayer. And we wanted to add something else for those who are going to go through it in year three with us, mm-hmm. just to sort of deepen and enrich it. And we had the idea because there was a, we have a church partner who wants to have, they want to do this at the church and they wanted some group discussion questions. Mm-hmm. And so I was writing a group discussion, a, a daily, I'm sorry, a weekly discussion guide that goes along with each week of the Bible recap. Okay. And so it covers the text and the things we talk about in the podcast and just sort of writing that for group discussion. And so as I was writing that, and we're, that is, we're just self-publishing that. It's going to be available at thebiblerecap.com in our store. Okay. And as I was writing that, I realized that so many of our people are doing this on their own. Mm. And they don't have a group that they're doing it with. They're not doing it with their church. They're not doing it. They've maybe asked some other people to do it with them, but maybe those people peeled off and didn't stick with it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they didn't find anybody to begin with. So I wanted to do something for them as well. And so what I did for those people was I wrote a daily study guide. So there's the weekly discussion guide and then there's the daily study guide. So the weekly discussion guide is about 10 questions per week. The daily study guide is about five questions per day that you ask yourself and research as you are working through the text. And then you can listen to the podcast. And um, so it's just sort of a part of that daily journal or daily journey mm-hmm. and um so we have the the hope is because they fit together so well that anybody who's doing the weekly discussion guide will also do the daily study guide okay but they they do work independently but i built them to work together just so people could do them both so those are yeah. so this year i wrote a bible study on the whole bible and that was fun <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing i think that's that's so good i mean people we need this and you know i I speak as somebody who's basically gone to church my entire life, and it was not emphasized enough the importance of reading the Bible, studying it every single day, going all the way through. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of churches they you know they they think that Christians want very surface stuff, and maybe there is a good pop, good chunk of the population who does. But the more I spend time talking to people, the more I realize that there's more depth you know, to them and to their mm-hmm. questions and to their desire to understand God's word. Um, and I think we dismiss it entirely too quickly and churches are um, catering to the lowest, you know, the of the common denominator, the lowest level person right. rather than making, you know, going deep and then inviting folks to come along on that journey. And um, hopefully churches yeah. will um, be inspired to, to bring their their flock, bring their group, their their body together to study your word, or your word, study his word, not your word with yes. his word, but um, <laughs> yeah, to go deep in their study and to to really value all of scripture. Um, I have been a part of, yes. I've been visited churches before that make it sound like, you know, the New Testament's all we need. And what? 
Mm. Why why would we yeah. miss out on all of this foreshadowing mm. of what's to come and all yeah. of the character of God that we see in that? Um, yeah. So I I just think it's awesome. So um, I appreciate all of the time that you've put in, and I know it's an incredible undertaking, but um, I'm I'm personally thanking you for all of that. Thank you so much. I appreciate your involvement with it. The fact that you're with us in round two, that makes me excited because oh, yeah. anytime people treat it's, I think it's, it's really encouraging to me when pe- that people are doing it year two and we've already, people are talking about joining us again for year three. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Because that lets <laughs> me know that reading their Bible wasn't just something that was on their bucket list. It's oh. not just like mm-hmm. at some point I want to say, I, I want to be able to say I've read the whole Bible. Yeah. It's like, no, I want to be in the Bible for the rest of my life every day. Right. And this just happens to be my second year through. And it just happens to be my third year through. And um, mm-hmm. that it's not just a, a checklist. It's a relationship. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's really nice. Um, so is there any other encouragement or anything you maybe want to address that um, to leave our listeners with? Oh man, I have. I know you have so many people who are listening right now who are like, "Oh, okay, I need to read the Bible." Yes, yeah. read it with us, and pretty yeah. soon you're not going to feel like you need to read the Bible. You're going to feel like you want to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And right now, you just want to want to read the Bible. And so, I am just encouraging every person who's listening who's like, "I should do this." Yes, yeah. join us. We would love for you to join us. Yeah, start with day one. Listen to the prep episodes. Um, they will that you have for success with all this, answer a bunch of the questions you might have on the front end mm-hmm. and tell you not just um, what we're doing, but like how and why to do it. Um, so I, I, that's my encouragement. I, I vowed once I'd read the whole Bible that I would never um, stand on a stage or have people's attention without saying, read your Bible. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my, always my word of encouragement is read, read, read all of it. Let your eyes fall on every word. And watch your heart change the process. Yeah. And where would they, where do they find this? The Bible recap.com. And then okay. you just click on the start link. Okay. And then start link will give you everything you need to know. Okay. And um, yeah, you can listen to it on your Apple podcast app or where, you know, I don't know if you, are you on all the podcast apps? I'm assuming. We are. Yeah. Okay. And actually Apple is the glitchiest one of them all. And we're so sad about it because we had so many people who loved it. I used to be an Apple podcaster, but we found that other platforms tend to do better for us. Apple okay. will deliver the podcast about four days out of seven. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, on my end, I, I feel like I, I, I'll end up, I mean, I, I go to the the Bible app and I see what the reading is for that day. And then if I don't see it on your list, then I search for it. Like if it's Second Chronicles chapter oh, yeah, three yeah, or something, I'll type that in mm-hmm. and it pulls up, you know, any episode that has that in the title, which has obviously got yours in there. So um, that's right. how I've been able to find them. But yeah, I, I didn't realize that. I thought that was just my my phone doing something weird, but that's good to know it's not just mine, but that's kind of frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Podbean is our source app. It's the one okay. that is the least glitchy for, it works best for most people. Okay. And so Podbean. that's the one that um, Podbean works great. And I, I use Overcast. Um, okay. And I think there's only been one day out of the past year that Overcast has had a glitch. So, um, okay. so yeah. Well, that's good to know. Uh, but wherever people, and we're on, all the episodes are on YouTube as well. So 
they're already up there. You can find them there if you are a person who prefers YouTube. So lots of options. Man, no excuses, right? Like you guys exactly. are really getting rid of people's <laughs> excuses. <laughs> that's right that's right that's the goal well thank you so much for chatting with me today i i appreciate it so much and i know that this is going to be a blessing to so many people that are you know have maybe have been a christian for a while but haven't really spent a whole lot of time studying god's word or maybe they've only studied like we were talking about the new testament or only read the gospels mm -hmm. this is incredible and um i just really appreciate you you sharing uh -huh. Thank you, Stephanie. After hearing Tara Lee share her heart for the Lord and her passion for His Word, it's abundantly clear why her podcast has impacted so many people. I'm thankful for the work that she has put in to help make reading through the Bible more accessible to people. Remember to buy her book, The Bible Recap, a one-year guide to reading and understanding the entire Bible. It comes out November 3rd, and you can pre-order it on her site or on Amazon. And I've put both links in the show notes below. If you've enjoyed this interview on The Faithful Podcast, would you please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review? Reviews help people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. You can find me on thefaithfulpodcast.podbean.com or on Instagram at Faithful Podcast. Thanks again for listening, guys, and remember to stay faithful, friends.